0: A magical nanny descends from the heavens to set things right for a family who knows her only from their childhood memories. This is Rye's review of Mary Poppins Returns on Rye Loves Movies. Hey everyone, Rye here, talking about Mary Poppins Returns. I enjoy the original film. I used to watch it a lot as a child. I didn't watch it as much as I got older, so uh, some of the scenes, some of the the story itself uh, is hazy, although I have caught it on television in recent years, and it still didn't jive as much as I probably knew it as well when I was a child. But I do love that movie and uh the songs are just so catchy. Uh to think back on a spoonful of sugar, a spoonful of sugar, let's go fly a kite. Chim chimini chim chim charoo. Just a lot of magic in that original film and now we have the uh sequel, which it is definitely a sequel. Uh there's been a lot of talk of is it going to be kind of a reboot? Uh is it a a uh, soft reboot? Is it a soft sequel? Maybe um, is it set in an alternate timeline or a sideways timeline of Mary Poppins' uh, universe? And no, it is, it is a direct sequel. And Mary Poppins, uh, played by Emily Blunt, who is really wonderful in the role. She is a great singer Uh, As far as uh, kind of the musical theater side of things goes, I'm not sure if I would uh, buy her a pop record, but who knows? I haven't heard her uh, sing any pop songs, so maybe she could put a pop record together. But as far as uh, musical theater and musical films goes, she's got a lovely voice. You're hard-pressed to not compare her to Julie Andrews, uh, which, you know, isn't... quite fair but it's also uh, almost a necessity to kind of look at at, at both of those things and i think she does hold her own in that role and it doesn't make you uh wish for julie andrews to to um come back of course she couldn't come back all these years later in that specific way but but emily but certainly Uh, does not make you pine for those glory days too much, of course. So she does make the role her own, and it is a joy to hear her uh, sing in this film. Now the story, in as much as I can tell you without spoiling the film, uh, revolves around the grown children from the original film, the children Michael Banks and Jane Banks, who are now portrayed by Ben Wishaw. And Emily Mortimer, uh, respectively, are still living in the uh, Banks' home, uh, their childhood home. At least uh, Michael, uh, the character Michael Ben Wishaw's character, uh, is living in that home, and his sister Emily is uh, visiting. As Michael is at this time facing a sort of uh, crisis, a sort of life crisis, which I won't spoil, but he's in a he's in hard times, and he has. Uh, three lovely children who are are very sweet and As the movie goes on they get a chance to sing uh, some of the songs with Emily Blunt's Mary Poppins and they do a nice job. They have um, nice singing voices for uh, for their age range and and it's really nice to hear those kids uh, singing the songs that they have in the film uh, We also have the character of Jack who's played by Lin-Manuel Miranda from Hamilton fame and uh, Moana, Moana um, songwriting fame. And Jack is playing uh, a um, what's called in the film a leery, which is a lamp lighter. So uh, this movie is set in about the 1930s, uh, which uh, would be about the Great Depression period, I believe. They call it the Great they call it something else in the film that may be a regional to London uh the great downturn i can't remember exactly what the term they use but it sounds like it's put in the th- 1930s um uh, you know however many years after the original mary poppins is set in the early 1910s i believe if I, I remember off the top of my head so that many years later and the children uh go out to you know do some daily errands with their um, nanny and happen to run into a jack, and they get into flying a kite, and lo and behold, Mary Poppins returns. She descends from the heavens, from behind the clouds, to come and bring some song and joy and laughter back into the lives of the Banks family, and to set things right that she had originally tried to to do for their family. So we get some interesting uh, cameos or uh, returns in this film that um, one specifically, uh, the most specific one I can think of is is we get a, a turn from Dick Van Dyke uh, playing uh, the Mr. Dawes role from the original film. Won't uh, really get into that, but to say he's magnificent and You actually get a little bit of his role or or you get to see a little peek of him in the trailer if you've seen that. You know, I will say this about Dick Van Dyke, that anybody thinking that this is like his swan song uh, because he is 91 years old, I believe. If you see him in this film, I think you will second guess that idea that he's uh, in decline because he is lively. I'll just leave it at that. So the character Jack is the kind of stand-in for Dick Van Dyke's original character of Bert, the Chimney Sweep. Uh, Chim Chimney, Chim Chim Charoo, of course. And Jack actually gets a chance to share how he's actually connected to Bert in this f- series. So you kind of get, uh, a, it gives the audience a little bit of a, a cheat, a little bit of a chance to feel like they're a little bit closer to the character of Jack without maybe having to build up as much of the character, uh, that we may already have some of those good feelings and good vibes coming from the Burt character, even though they're not necessarily, you know, the same character or even related. But there is a connection there. And Le Miranda is also very wonderful. He brings a lot of smiles and joy. He is kind of a muse. He's kind of a, a stand-in for the wonder of the audience who um, already knows that mary poppins is magical in a sense well we really don't i mean of course we call it magic what she does but nobody's really sure what mary poppins is you know is is she an alien is she uh, an angel what gives her this ability to just kind of uh leap into people's lives is she purely a figment of imagination and and this film uh really puts a point to to say that she's not a figment of your imagination she really does have a very literal effect on the, on the lives of these characters. Jack is there the whole way, kind of giving that wink and that nod, kind of like the audience would to say, hey, this is, this is real magic. This is real. That what's happening, uh, she comes, she, there may not be specifically a method to call her, but she comes when she's most needed and she only stays as long as uh, she's needed. And where does she go after she leaves? Uh, Who knows? Maybe she, goes to another family who, who needs her. Or maybe she ascends back into the heavens. Who who knows? There's even a, a wink in the film where they say, you know, Mary Poppins never explains herself. She never feels the need to tell you what's going on. So that, you know, take it as you will. Some other notes about characters, actors in this film. Colin Firth is uh, chewing a little bit of scenery as a um, as a bad guy, a bad guy banker who is well, I won't say any more than that. He's a bad guy banker. He's he's Ben Wishaw or Michael Banks character's uh boss in this film. And we have Emily Mortimer. She is kind of taking up the fight, the mantle of her mother, the um the suffragette, as she becomes sort of a leader in a labor movement during the economic downturn, which doesn't really play a huge part in the film. uh, There's not any songs revolving around uh, the labor movement specifically, but it does give her a chance to show what kind of person she's become and the heart that she has in this world. We also have, uh, we have David Warner, who a great actor. I personally think of him best from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, uh, Secret of the Ooze, but that's just because of the time period that I grew up in but he is now playing the role of the, I, I guess it's a general or a colonel, the man who has the giant sailboat on top of his house next, uh, the next door neighbor to the banks. So they're continuing on that character, who's now, you know, quite, quite a bit older in the sense of whatever age he, he was in the first film. And he gives a nice performance. He has some, his character arc, if there's an arc to be had, is pretty subtle and pretty funny. There's some things that come up early on in the film that's later nodded to uh, concerning his character, which is kind of nice. And there's also uh, two lawyer characters played by, I believe, uh, uh, Jeremy Swift and Cobna Holdbrook, if I'm not mistaken, play these characters. And, and they're kind of fun. I actually like the heart that Cobb Naholbrook brings to the to the role. He kind of plays an advocate for the Banks family. And uh, Jeremy Swift kind of plays the uh more of the evil underling role. And, and they're fine. They're, there's not too much there, but they do uh some interesting things with it. Concerning the songs, this movie really pays homage to the original. It's so much so a love letter. While it's doing its own thing, while it is telling a new story, it does follow a pretty tightly to a script of what you would think someone who wanted to just recreate the magic of the original Mary Poppins film would, would do. And what I mean by that is all of the songs, or the great majority of the songs, which I can't list off the top of my head, but um, suffice to say that they individually match pretty well to a song in the original film so whatever the great songs you can think of in your head uh spoonful of sugar uh supercalifragilisticexpialidocious they have a counterpart song in this movie that isn't necessarily a knockoff but the flavor or the genre or the style of those songs have a match in this film. So there's actually a scene where the Banks children take a trip into a a cartoon world with Mary Poppins and Jack that kind of mirrors uh, the original cartoon uh, song where they go in and meet the penguins and do the dance there. Uh, There's some more kind of business that happens. There's some more, I I would say plot in in that set piece but it's it's self-contained. It doesn't really have an effect on the greater whole of the movie, but there is some some business going on in that in that scene. All that to say, there's a really fun song about um, not being able to judge a book by its cover. And in that song, there's about three different, uh, you know, three different stanzas or or three different pieces in that song choruses. One of them is a Lynn Manuel Miranda hamilton style rap which i was so blown away that they had that in this movie i was smiling through the whole thing it's not traditional for a mary poppins movie it goes on very long and it's quite stunning and to be honest i'm gonna have to see the movie again you know later i'm not gonna buy another ticket to see this film Right away, of course, but uh, I'll either have to see it again or look up the lyrics to these songs to be able to even say what he was singing about because it's it's so fast and uh, It's it's just really fun. I I picked up pieces of it. It's about a king and a queen and a kingdom But it's fun and and it's something that I probably in my free time would sit down and try to memorize pieces of it uh, Because that's just something I like to do and uh, I-, I like Lin- Lin-Manuel's lyrics. You know, I like his writing style. I'm not, eh, this is, eh, I'm not gonna go there. But you can guess what I might say, but let's just say I love his lyrics. The opening credits are very long and very old school. So the opening credits are in the style of the earlier Hollywood films where it's just really credits over a song. And in this case, it's credits over some um, animation cell drawings of scenes around the film. And the song is uh, uh, an overture. I think is the right word. It gives you kind of a, an idea of what kind of songs you're going to be encountering. And, and since I kind of had a knowledge of, of how how those overtures sort of work, I was kind of able to track where I was in the film based on what I remembered from the opening credits song. And so I could say, oh, I think we're about to head this direction with this style of song. And uh, specifically, the, the last... Uh, song in the overture was, I was like, okay, this is going to be the conclusion. This is going to be the finale and it's going to be special. And it was the final song. If it doesn't have you smiling, your heart is colder than the cold miser. Okay. Because there are colors involved and joyous dancing and song, and it includes all kinds of characters and it is just a lot of fun. Now, there's a cameo in here that's kind of, uh, well, it's it's a fun cameo. I don't know if it's really, if it should be spoiled. I don't know if uh, it's been in any of the marketing or anything. So I won't spoil who it is, just in case you want to be surprised. But let's say it's a family member of Mary Poppins in a way. It's a bit bizarre. It's a bit bizarre. I'm not sure how I feel about it quite yet. Well, I do kind of know how I feel about it. I'm not thrilled with it, partially because there's a bit of cultural appropriation going on, which I think there's a, there's a history of this kind of, uh, accent, I guess that's being used and it might not really be offensive at all, but it's a strange choice that it might have been able to be, have been done without the accent and the accent's bad anyway, in my personal opinion, and the song isn't that interesting either. In fact, the set piece itself is pretty. It mirrors pretty well the uh, tea party scene in the original film, where the children, um, you know, are floating up in the towards the ceiling, dancing on the ceiling. I thought there would be some more interesting magic going on in this song, based on kind of the location that they are, and some things that could have been fun to do with a lot of the. Um, props and things that were around but they don't really do that there's a little bit of that a little bit of magic involved but not enough to really it's just enough to whet your appetite and not really fill you up with the kind of magic you're expecting so overall i was really pleased with it uh i had heard from certain people that maybe it wasn't great which is okay and it but it almost deterred me it almost made me say ah well if it's not great you know, maybe I won't, but I'm glad I went to see it because it is magical. It does put a smile on your face. There's a lot of scenes where, where you'll just sit there um, just happy and content that you're watching another a version, a new uh, version of Mary Poppins. And, you know, in the first scene when she comes down from the clouds, I almost uh, had a little tear well up because of the good memories of thinking of the original film uh, when, when I was a child. And it, kind of delivers on that It, it it really does and i had some children in the theater around me you know with their parents and they were enthralled and they loved it and they clapped at the end it really fulfills its mission and i think uh people should get out and see it especially with your families or your younger children or nieces or nephews or anything like that so positive review from me get out and see mary poppins returns thanks for listening and follow me on twitter at it is I, rye, that's at i-t-i-s-i-r-y for more content including a podcast i do called rye reads rick and morty where i read rick and morty comic books